the Apollo Podcast Network. All right, welcome to Cash Landing, the show where we fall ass backwards into the money and you get rich just by listening. I am your host, Ben, here joined as always by my co-host, Aaron. We had an interesting week of bets last week. We're now coming off five straight weeks of profit on our little end segment, and I'm going to throw it over to Aaron, ask how he's doing, ask how his bets are going, and let him talk about uh, how we're doing as a pod. Yeah, uh, nice to be back with you tonight, Ben, on this great Friday night. I'm doing good. I've been watching a lot of the Masters. Uh, I'm a big golf guy. I know you are not, but don't worry, I am. I put out some bets on Twitter. John Rahm, 10 to 1. He's looking pretty good, so I might have given out a big winner there. Who knows? But let's talk about our football bets from last week. Uh, As Ben mentioned, it was another winning week, five straight winning weeks where we have profited money on our bet segment. So that's pretty impressive, and that's what we're looking to do every week. I won $160. Ben won 55. Man, you've had a lot of weeks where you just barely come out positive. Like it's impressive how like you're you're positive for the year. You're only up $422, which is like a little amount considering how much we've bet so far this year, but you're, I mean, winning is winning, but it is kind of funny. I, I'm really just paying for my, my lunches with the, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just getting lunch for the week. Yeah. You're doing just enough, but, uh, we are still getting by, but yeah. So I, uh, I hit my teaser, which I teased the Panthers up to 16 and a half and I teased the Texans down to minus one, man, I was in heavy on the Texans last week and multiple bets. And all of a sudden they kind of scared me last, uh, last week. The Jaguars had a chance of the two point conversion to send that game to overtime, but thank goodness that did not come through. I hit another teaser with the Texans and the over in the chargers game. Not going to go into too much detail on the chargers game for obvious reasons. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, Ben, you had a good call with the Ravens. I probably should have followed you on that one because you definitely talked me into it when you explained why you wanted the Ravens over the Colts last week. And then, uh, you yeah. also, yeah, you hit a teaser with the bears for the first time that was good. for the man. The bears finally did not, they didn't do it to me. It's it, it only took three weeks or something of me teasing the bears and it finally worked out. Yeah. I mean the, the Ravens specifically, it's just that defense is too good and they're not going to get scored on, especially by somebody like the Colts. And I think that we're going to see that again this week. And I know that you agree. So uh, we're going to get into that a little bit later, but uh, yeah, I mean, our, our bets are, they're going all right. Still waiting. I mean, we had that breakout week. What was it? Week five where we went undefeated. I'm, I'm still waiting for that to happen again. Yeah. Episode maybe maybe seven. this is the week. Yeah. Never forget episode seven. It'll live in history, but uh, <laughs> yeah, overall we are up $2,412 as a pod. Um, not going to lie. Most of that is me at, um, I'm basically at $2,000 myself, but Ben is not dragging me down. He is, uh, he's adding to my wins and you know, there's, we still got, uh, six or seven more football podcasts left. So there's still more than enough time for Ben to catch me if he uh, gets rolling here. Yeah. We need to establish an end goal, hopefully to meet. We, we can, we can converge on that and get back to it next week, but you know, some, some amount of money at which we would call it a success i'd say yeah uh we can definitely get that out there i'd say we can set our goals pretty lofty even though we both did just talk off air a little bit and we don't love the board this week so we will just preface our bet segment with that but i mean we did look uh, and found some winners that we do believe in but overall the board's kind of tricky this week but uh ben before we get into dfs it was award week for the mlb and that only means one thing 
So I'm going to let you go ahead and uh, tell the people the big headline from the MLB Awards this week. Yeah, so MLB Award Week uh, came and went. You saw Kyle Lewis win AL Rookie of the Year, as we all expected. We saw Trevor Bauer win the the National League Cy Young. Shane Bieber, that was your guy, your pick. You called Dang. that. You called that back in February or even before then. You you knew Shane Bieber would win the AL Cy Young, but all of that pales in comparison when you consider that Ryan Tapera got a ten a tenth place MVP vote. And, you know, I, I was in a, I was talking with my friends yesterday and I, I mentioned, hey, did you see that Ryan Tapera got a 10th place MVP vote? And they all went, who? And I said, exactly. Yeah. Because Ryan Tapera had a 3.92 ERA with the Cubs and somebody accidentally voted for him for MVP on the email. And that is hilarious. It's so funny. I mean, Ben and I have this running joke about Kevin Pillar getting the MVP vote um, two years ago because we thought that was absolutely hilarious because he had like an OPS in the 750s. But, I mean, that vote was on purpose, so that's still a little funnier than this one because this one was just a misclick. But, I mean, Kevin Pillar can't be in the club all by himself, so misclick or not, I think we still have to formally include Ryan Tapera in the club, don't you think? Yeah, no, he's he's absolutely welcome in the club. He was a good sport about it. He, he tweeted something about, you know, how he's <laughs> he's very humbled to be the 18th-placed MVP candidate or whatever i mean you know he's a good sport and the writer was a good sport about it too he was kind of just like i meant to vote for trey turner i'm sorry sorry trey turner hate to see it (laughs) yeah i just can't wait for the day where uh kevin pilar and ryan tapera are on the same team just as like the very last guys on the roster but they're like walking around the clubhouse all cocky making like these old man comments about they got mvp votes and they're just rubbing the really good players on whatever team they're on the wrong way because I know if I was one of these guys, that's exactly what I would do. So I, that, I really hope they're on the same team one day. That Kevin Pillar one was so egregious because it was on per- like it was a San Francisco writer who really decided to vote for Kevin Pillar, like and it wasn't a joke. And he had a seven seventy five OPS. Yeah, that was that was really funny. But yeah, we definitely had to throw that out there. Uh, I mean, just I can't wait till next year. The MVP vote's gonna be electric. This is what I look forward to every award week now, besides <laughs> me hitting a, a great Shane Bieber bet. Did you, uh, you didn't have a problem with anybody else on either list. I didn't, I, I didn't really, but I saw there were some people that I, I was a little surprised at. I mean, Ian Happ probably deserved it, but I'm, I'm still shocked that you vote for a guy like Ian Happ over some of the other people on that list. Yeah. Uh, no, I thought all the awards were fine. I mean, I thought all the guys were pretty deserving. I have a, I have a pretty love hate relationship with Freddie Freeman. That's a hundred percent hate, but uh, he did he did deserve to win. So I was do okay hate with Freddie that. Freeman. It's pretty funny. Yeah, but you know, good for him. They, uh, I just I would have felt a lot better about it if they would have actually beaten the Dodgers. But enough about that. Yeah, we, that's that, that's enough baseball talk. We can save it for an emergency pod. If I mean, we're just waiting for the hot stove to heat up, really, and then we'll 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 get to baseball stuff in uh, in the second episode of of the week, but. That's not really what you came here for. You came here for NFL DFS, and so we're going to jump right into it. NFL DFS Week 10, also known as the Mike Davis Mega Chalk Week. It's <laughs> every single person is going to be owning Mike Davis, and, and we'll get to that in the running back section. But as always, we're going to start with quarterbacks. Aaron, I noticed you got the first guy on the board. I'm going to let you go ahead and take it. Yeah, and the first guy on the board is going to be the most expensive guy on the board, and it's going to be Kyler Murray at $8,000. Look, Kyler Murray is my cash game QB this week. I'm not going to diversify any cash games that I'm playing. I am starting with Kyler Murray. 
Uh, I just think he is the ultimate play this week. He's at home in the indoor stadium, very climate controlled. It has a huge total of 56 and a half versus the Bills here. The Bills defense is average against the pass, but I mean, even more importantly, even though it's weird to say since Kyler Murray is a quarterback, the Bills defense is below average against the run where Kyler Murray really racks up his DraftKings points. Look, it's week 10 now, like we're more than halfway through the season and Kyler Murray has still not gone below 24 DK points. That is his absolute floor. I'm expecting another 30 to 35, so I am more than willing to pay 8K for Kyler Murray on this slate uh, as my cash game quarterback, and I'm, I'm going to throw him in tournaments as well. Yeah, I, I have no problem with that. I, I think I'm more like, I, I'm certainly going to be taking Kyler as well, but I'm more likely to pivot to Josh Allen and save the 500 bucks because he benefits from the same high total. The Arizona defense is worse than the Bills in every way. Josh Allen's a little more boomer bust, but he looked really good last week, and uh, I'm I'm willing to believe that he's back. Um, he can also, you know, he can run just as well as Kyler. He he looks a little bit more goofy while he does it, but he can certainly do it. And so, uh, saving five hundred bucks there is easy. But I will say, paying up for Kyler at eight thousand, if you're thinking like, oh, how am I going to make a lineup like that? We we have basically the exact lineup for you to do that. And uh, we can get to that when we get to running back where there's a lot of savings to be had. But um, I think both those guys are good plays in a game with a super high total. Yeah, I agree with you on Josh Allen. You know, he's kind of in the, he's a little cheaper than Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers. And I think I would take Josh Allen over both of those guys this week in tournaments. Rodgers, you know, the game script could go the wrong way and that game is going to be very windy. It's hard to fade Russ, even though I, I do it pretty often for some reason, and it usually backfires, but uh, I just don't think the floor... I think, weirdly, Allen has just as much upside, and I'm not... The the Russ matchup kind of scares me this week, so I might be off him in just a little bit, but certainly can't argue against it. But, uh, Ben, the next guy listed, I'm curious if you are in on the next guy listed, so I'll let you kind of take him to start, because I kind of want to know where you're going before I say what I'm doing with this next guy. I'm sorry, I, I I don't think I understand the the question. What am I doing here? Yeah, what are you what are you doing with Jared Goff this week? I think he's going to be chalk, and I'm kind of out. But are you going to be in on a chalky Jared Goff in a great matchup? I I mean I wouldn't be in if I wasn't stacking, but I'm totally fine with a Ram stack, and and the prices work out. Cooper Cup and Robert Woods are cheap enough, and Tyler Higby is actually really cheap. So, um, on a Ram stack, maybe on anything other than a Ram stack, I'm out just because I like the top two quarterbacks. And if I'm going to go with a, with a cheap stack, I have another option that I think I like better. Okay. Yeah. So that's kind of where I'm at too. If I'm going to do the stack, I'm probably gonna do a complete game stack and run it back with some Seahawks guys on the other side and just hope that game goes, you know, full crazy Seahawks game. But if I have a chance to fade chalk Jared Goff in tournaments, I'm probably going to do it. I just think he's going to be too highly owned for tournaments. I think there's other options you can go to. Uh, you know, we do know that upon further review, the Seahawks defense is still in fact trash, even with uh, Dunlap and Adams coming back into the mix. But I just still don't fully trust Jared Goff. Can he get there? Absolutely. He's in the spot to have a really nice game. But I mean, Jared Goff is just the type of guy to let people down in this spot, I think. I, I really thought that those two players would make a difference in the Seattle defense. And and by all accounts of the eye test, it it was not changed even a little bit. So um, I, I, I'm definitely going to keep picking on them. I think maybe the, and I think maybe this isn't the week. Yeah. I mean, I don't hate the Ram stack, but yeah, I'm pretty much in agreement with you. I just, I'm not going to force golf in any lineups, especially, I just think his ownership is going to be higher than what it should be at the end of the day. But 
Luckily, I have a pivot off of Chuck Jared Goff that I really, really like this week. And that's going to be Tom Brady at 6,300. Um, he's probably my favorite tournament quarterback play this week. Look, I know you're going to talk about the game versus Saints last week if you're not in on Tom Brady. But look, that game unraveled really, really quickly on the Buccaneers. So I'm not going to say we should just completely discount that game. But when a team gets demolished that bad, people might tend to overreact just a little bit. I still am in on the Bucs offense overall week to week in certain matchups. That Saints defense is not something to be messed with. I mean, they're seventh in DVOA. And now Tom is angry and he gets to face the Panthers who are 26 in defensive DVOA. Antonio Brown's had a full week to full week of practice to work into the offense. Chris Godwin's finger is one week healthier. And I mean, I have nothing encouraging to say about Mike Evans, but you know, the other two guys are doing well and maybe, maybe it's the Mike Evans week, but I just like the chance uh, that the Bucks offense goes for 30 this week. I like the chance of Brady putting up four touchdowns. I think the ownership might be low just because of how bad he looked in a primetime game last week. So, yeah, give me a Tom Brady as a tournament pivot this week. Yeah, and I think the Panthers are scaring people a little bit now because they're better than they were expected, and it's hard to get a read on them. So um, I, I don't have a problem with that. I know that you, for the first 10 weeks, you were sort of the guy to, to put forth Kyle Allen and Ryan Fitzpatrick and all these cheap tournament plays, but now it's going to be me. I'm going to give you the cheap quarterback tournament flyer. And it's going to be Drew Locke at $5,500. Drew Locke is a better fantasy quarterback than he is a real quarterback, which is perfectly fine with me. I think that there are three legitimately horrible defenses in the NFL. And by I think, I mean the stats represent that there are three legitimately horrible defenses in this league. They are the Houston Texans, Detroit Lions, and, and Las Vegas Raiders. This is by defensive efficiency and raw point totals. Um that Denver offense can actually approach like an average offense when everybody's healthy and the weapons are there. Drew Locke is back. Jerry Judy appears like he's going to be playing. Judy looks like he's been unlocked a little bit. Um, so I definitely like a Denver stack and I like Drew Locke as a tournament option in general. Yeah. I'd be curious to know the ownership on Locke because I would just worry we might be a week late because he did have the really good game in garbage time last week against the Falcons. But I mean, it is in the dome. I can't argue with the matchup. So I'm not going to completely, you know, disagree with you there on Drew Locke, even though I do like the Raiders in that game overall. But yeah, I just oh, don't I, really... I, I, I totally agree on the Raiders. I, I want to make that clear. I think the Raiders win the game. I just think it might be pretty high scoring as well. Yeah, I mean, I do like the cheap, you know, QBs, but I just I don't, I'm not going to force it when it's not there. And it was really just I really like the Ryan Fitzpatrick upside from week to week, and now he's out of my life. But I was flirting with the idea of Alex Smith, and then I just thought I didn't really want to do that. So, and I just like, you know, we're about to talk about running backs. There's some cheap running backs we like. So, I just think this is going to be a pretty heavy Kyler week for me overall, is where I'm going towards. Yeah, there's really not many running backs I would pay up for. I think there might be two, two like above 6K. So, I mean, we can go and get to that. But yeah, I mean, you, you can definitely afford to pay up a quarterback this week if you, you know, are, are taking our advice. Yeah, and one of the main reasons uh, we are in on the cheap running backs this week and that we are able to pay up for quarterback is because, as we mentioned before, it is Mike Davis chalk week. Um, Mike Davis is the running back for the Panthers that did a really good job filling in for Christian McCaffrey when he was out all of those weeks this season. Christian McCaffrey came back last week. He put up his usual 30 fantasy points, but in the ultimate heartbreaker for his fantasy owners, he hurt his shoulder and he is now back out. He will not be playing this week. And Mike Davis is $4,000 the minimum price for a running back on DraftKings. 
Somebody made a mistake in the pricing. They did not account for the Christian McCaffrey injury. So, I mean, yeah, Mike Davis, who was, you know, typically 6,500, 7K during his main stint as a starter, is now $4,000. He's 100% a stone-cold lock in cash. If you're playing cash this week, you have to roster Mike Davis. But where we need to get into the conversation is about tournaments where we where we have mentioned we you never have to play anyone 100% in tournaments. But... I mean, a $4,000 running back with like a 15-point floor is pretty intriguing, Ben. How are you treating him in tournaments this week? Yeah, I mean, I'm just going to roll him out in tournaments and try to get creative elsewhere. There's enough slots to where all you need to do is take one tournament leverage play that is not Mike Davis, and you should have a unique lineup this week. So I'm rolling him out in everything. He's either going to be in my flex spot or in one of my running back slots. It's it's not even a question. Yeah, I'm right there with you, and though uh, – the Buccaneers defense was one we were afraid of for most of the year, especially the run defense. I still don't love the matchup overall, but look, when you're talking about a guy that's going to get, you know, 25 touches at $4,000, the matchup kind of goes out the window. So yeah, I'm taking the same approach as you. I'm going to lock him into every single lineup I make this weekend, and I'm just going to get creative elsewhere in my uh, ownership leverage plays and tournaments. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And if you are looking to pay up for running back, I think my favorite guy is definitely Aaron Jones this week. Uh, he's seventy one hundred dollars, so that's that's fairly expensive. Alvin Kamara is there too, but if I had to pick between the two, I would definitely pick Jones because Kamara's matchup is is pretty harsh. Whereas Jones, uh, the game script is very favorable, and at seventy one hundred against the Jags, he's he, I, there's a good chance he runs all over that defense. Aaron Jones is just like Dalvin Cook, just like Kamara. He always has the opportunity to go forty plus, and I think this is a week where it could definitely happen. Yeah, Ben, I mean, I'm right there with you on Aaron Jones. Like the Dags, the Jaguars defense is terrible. The Packers are at home in this game. Jones is healthy. He's coming off a 10-day rest week, coming off a Thursday night football game. This game is going to be extremely windy. It's a very favorable game script. I mean, name a reason to like a running back play this week, and that reason applies to Aaron Jones. I mean, there's absolutely no argument you can really make against him. 7,100 really isn't too bad either as far as a price, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely in on Aaron Jones. I'm playing him in cash with Mike Davis. That's going to be the chalky combo, but I think it's a pretty pretty good chalky combo, especially for cash games, so I agree with you there. Yeah, and and I don't. that's definitely not the only way to build your lineup. I'm going to go over just a quick uh, lineup build at the end of this running back segment that uh, I, I like in cash as well, and it involves two cheap running backs, but we'll we'll get there when we get there. Yeah, Ben, so I I just want to – we're not really in on either one of these guys per se, but I just want to have a general conversation. What are we doing about the Browns running back situation this week? Because two things that we know, we really, really like the Browns' run scheme behind Kevin Stefanski, and we know the Texans' run defense is horrible. So we know Cleveland is going to probably have a huge day on the ground this week, but it's complicated because Nick Chubb is expected to return from injury this week and Kareem Hunt's fully healthy. So. I mean, if there were ever a spot for them to just split the carries 50-50 between Hunt and Chubb, it seems like that might be this week. So how, how do you think we should approach this? Yeah, uh, we, we do really like the run scheme behind Stefanski. And I think I'm going to treat it the way I would have treated it week one, which is I'm going to fade them both. But if, I, if, I, if you made me play one, I would be playing Nick Chubb. Um, I think that Chubb will get the the like a, a slightly more workload coming off the injury where where you know they can rest hunt a little bit if they want to 
I think Chubb is is much better up the middle between the tackles, and that's what the Texans are really particularly bad at. Their corners actually, you know, hit pretty well and shed blocks pretty well, but they lost Bernardrick McKinney, and they don't have much of a presence up the middle anymore. So I think it's going to be Chubb um, just sort of shoving the ball down their throats, and I think they might really just grind Chubb through 150 yards and two scores. I, I could easily see that. Yeah, um, I'm probably there with you if I had to choose just one. The way I would probably approach the situation is it's dependent on how many lineups I'm rolling out. If I'm a guy that's going to roll out, you know, 20 different lineups, um, I would probably want to have a little bit of exposure to both. And if I'm a guy that's just going to roll out three or four lineups for, you know, the Sunday slate, I might just fade the whole situation and just hope I don't get burned and either one of them, you know, goes for 30 and kills me. But that's probably how I would approach it. I, I like your approach to it there too. You got you to just know what kind of DFS player you are. But one other situation that might get a little murky this week, but I'm really hoping it uh, works itself out, is going to be the Arizona running back situation because Chase Edmonds is $6,300 this week. And if Kenyon Drake is ruled out, I am putting on my swim trunks and I am lathering up in my suntan lotion and I am doing a belly flop back into the well that is Chase Edmonds this week at 6,300 because I was all in on him last week. He was a bit of a letdown, and he was a letdown for a lot of people because he was pretty chalky. But look, he played every single snap last week. The game just didn't really go his way. I still think he's a really talented running back. I like the usage. I like the snap count. I really like Kenyon Drake in this spot, but uh, I really like Chase Edmonds in this spot. But Kenyon Drake is a true game time decision. If he's active, I'm just going to fade the whole situation. But if he's not active, I'm going to lock in Chase Edmonds. So what I would recommend doing is what I'm personally going to do. I'm going to put Chase Edmonds in my flex because this is a late kickoff. And then if Chase Edmonds, if Kenyon Drake gets ruled in, then I'm just going to pivot to someone else in the flex spot. But uh, yeah, oh man, I mixed myself up a lot there going through the complicated running back situation. Ben, what are you going to do about this situation? Are the are the Eagles in the same time slot? I thought they were. Um, I can look or, it up or, if you. Or are they in the? Second. Yeah. So basically, if 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 it if it's indicated that Kenyon Drake is not going to be in, I'm thinking that I would probably pivot to Miles Sanders for a hundred dollars more. Um. Yeah. Unfortunately, the Eagles game is a noon kickoff and the Cardinals right, well, game, so it's a little. Well, then you yeah you'd have to know beforehand, but. Uh, I think Miles Sanders is still a good call for this week uh, against the Giants. The The Eagles are slowly getting getting more and more healthy. I think that their offense is going to start clicking uh, as the year goes on. So I'm definitely good to, to pivot to Miles Sanders. If, you know, you don't know about Kenyon Drake and it turns out he's playing and you need somebody in the in the later window, then I like Daryl Henderson as well at 5,900. He's going to be my sort of low-owned tournament play. Um I think that if you're really trying to get leverage over a big field, maybe you're playing a big GPP and you and – you, you want to play Mike Davis. You want to play a chalky quarterback. You need to diversify your lineup. Uh, Daryl Henderson is coming off a bye, so his injuries behind him, and he's had time to heal. He was getting 15 carries and two targets a game while being the most explosive running back in that backfield. He produced, you know, fairly well around 10 DraftKings points against four very good run defenses: the the 49ers, the football team, the Bears, and the Dolphins. And now he gets this super soft matchup against Seattle. So. I think this might be the week where you get Daryl Henderson in before he blows up. And this could, you know, next week you might be looking at him going, how did Daryl Henderson just run for a hundred yards and two touchdowns? Yeah, I do like that as a sneaky tournament call there, because I agree with you. Most people, I think just like to overlook the Rams backfield because they think of it as a passing offense. And 
they know it's a running back by committee, so they're just afraid they're going to get burned. But if there was ever a spot to take a stab at one of these guys, it is Daryl Henderson, and it is in this matchup against the Seahawks. So I do agree with you on that call for sure. So you've been in on Antonio Gibson all year. Are you are you are you fading away because of J.D. McKissick when he's fifty six hundred dollars against the atrocious Detroit Lions defense and their dead last ranking in points allowed to running backs with Alex Smith, the checkdown god, as their quarterback this week? Yeah, so I was about to jot down Antonio Gibson on the dock as I normally do. And then I was just looking at it deeper and the snap counts and the targets and the carries all combined. I just, they're just not using him quite enough. I just don't think at the end of the day, he is going to be on a tournament lineup that wins a lot of money. I just don't think he's going to get there this year where he's getting, you know, a 30, 35. There's just a lot of McKissick. They're just, they're just too unpredictable. You know, one game he'll get a lot of carries and no targets. The next game he won't get too many carries and they'll get some targets. It is a good matchup. If you have $5,600 left in your lineup, I'm certainly not opposed to it. I definitely think there's a pretty decent floor there because he is getting the red zone carries and stuff. But I, I just don't think the upside is what I thought it was going to be at the end of the day. So I'm just not there in tournaments, I don't think. Yeah, it's a shame. You know, everybody was hoping he would be the next Kareem Hunt, and it doesn't look like he is, but that doesn't mean he's a bad player. I think you're right that he's more of a floor than a ceiling guy, which is not at all what anybody expected this year. Yeah, I mean, I still really like him as a player. I just, you know, I don't think they're still fully unleashing him in the way they should be. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I meant with within a fantasy fantasy perspective, we're, we're on the same page there. All right, well, the next guy here we've got listed is Duke Johnson Jr. He's uh, going to be $5,000 this week. David Johnson is out. Um, if you're curious why Bill O'Brien is no longer NFL GM, it might be because he traded DeAndre Hopkins for an expensive running back that isn't even the best Johnson in the Texans running back room. That, <laughs> that could have something to do with it. Um, I've always kind of thought Duke Johnson has been better than David Johnson this year. David Johnson is now out with a concussion, I believe it is, and yeah, Duke Johnson's finally free. Uh, ben, are you in on Duke Johnson this week? Yeah, so just for context, uh, in Aaron and I's uh, high-stakes fantasy league, we're, we're rolling out Duke Johnson over Ronald Jones this week, and I think that is the right call. Uh, Duke Johnson at 5K here. I believe it was two weeks ago that we played Gio Bernard at this exact same price, and I think this is basically the same deal. I don't think he's going to be particularly efficient, but he will catch a lot of passes and the Texans don't really have a third string running back. So he's going to be getting nine, 90% of the snaps here. I think that Mike Davis and Duke Johnson in two of your running back spots with maybe one of them in the flex, if you wanted to do that, that allows you to absolutely ball out elsewhere. And that's sort of the low cost running back lineup that I think I'm probably going to be running out in cash. Um, Aaron Jones is hard to pass up on, but it, actually it might be, it might end up being, you know, all three of them. And then I, I ball out at wide receiver. Yeah, I actually made a lineup uh, before the show with those three exact running backs that you just mentioned with Kyler, and then I still had plenty of wide receivers who I really liked. But yeah, I do think that's the approach this week. One other thing working in Duke Johnson's uh, favor this week is it's going to be really windy in Cleveland, kind of how it was a couple weeks ago when they played the Raiders. So I do think that might limit Deshaun Watson's ability to hit some deep shots down the field to Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks. So it might be a little bit more of a check down game for Deshaun Watson they're going to have to establish a run to be able to keep Miles Garrett off of um, Deshaun Watson's back. Even if they're not an efficient run team, they are going to at least have to try. So, yeah, I mean, Duke Johnson's going to get a lot of touches here. So, yeah, I do like that combination of running backs you just mentioned right there. 
Yeah, and before we move on to wide receiver, I'm going to ask you, since you were the Chargers guy, what on earth is going on with the Chargers backfield? What can we expect? I saw that Josh Kelly outsnapped Kalen Balage last week, but Kalen Balage got all of the work. Troy May and Pope may or may not be back this week. Uh, I mean, they're they're playing a, 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 a mediocre defense. I mean, are you taking a shot on one of them since they're all cheap, or are you just completely fading this this backfield by committee? It is a very tricky situation because normally in this situation, I would just say fade the backfield because none of those guys are particularly great. So they're not going to go off, but man, if there's any way to attack this Dolphins defense, it is through the ground and the chargers have been trying to establish the run, even though they're not great at it recently. I don't know where I'm at with the chargers backfield is Troy man. Pope is questionable. That's a big part of it. If he is ruled out, I do think Kalen Balazs is pretty playable because it is a revenge game. And he did get all the carries last week. And he actually... Oh, the revenge game. <laughs> it is Kalen Balazs revenge game. I've actually seen quite a few tweets on Twitter about uh, Kalen Balazs revenge week. But I think it's pretty dependent on Troy Main Pope. But yeah, I think Balazs is playable if Pope is out. If Pope is in, I'm just going to have to fade the whole thing because I have no idea where Anthony Lynn is going with this if Pope plays. But yeah, Balazs, there's there is a chance that he does fall into 2025 points if Pope is out. Yeah. All right. I mean, that's fair. And if, if, if I'm going to ask you about your guys, I'm going to go ahead and lead off the wide receiver segment with my guy. And that's going to be Stefan Diggs at 7,500. Um, if I play the three running backs that I expect to play, I can probably pay up for one wide receiver and then go cheap on another. Um, if I'm paying up for a wide receiver this week, it is going to be Stefan Diggs. I'm not missing out on Diggs in a dome against a mediocre pass defense. The reason why I say Diggs instead of Hopkins is because Trey white scares me enough off of Hopkins. Um, White is fairly physical, and, and sometimes Hopkins struggles against those physical corners. So uh, all you have to do is look at Stevon Diggs' game log. It's just so consistent, and there's only room to go up there. So I think, you know, Mike Davis, David, or Duke Johnson, Stephon Diggs is just a great start to, like, a high-floor cash lineup. Yeah, I agree with you on Stephon Diggs. I am also expecting that game to just be a complete shootout. And whenever the Bills are in a shootout, we know Josh Allen is going to be looking to Stephon Diggs pretty often throughout the game. Um, my next guy I'm going to go with here is going to be Cooper cup at 6,900 this week. Uh, I don't know if you saw this Ben Cooper cup had 20 targets last time the Rams played. <laughs> I, I, I didn't see that until you wrote it down. That is, that is nuts. Yeah, I was, I was, I had to double check what I was reading when I saw that, but yeah, he had 20 targets against the dolphins two weeks out. They had a bye week last week, but I, uh, man, now he gets a matchup versus the Seahawks and their, uh, their pass defense is much worse than the dolphins is. We know the Seahawks have been getting torched all year. We know uh, Sean McVay likes to scheme plays for Cooper Cup. There are easy passes for Jared Goff to get his confidence going. I really like Cooper Cup and Robert Woods this week because I like any wide receiver against the Seahawks, but I am going to give the edge to Cooper Cup this week. I think he has the higher floor, and he also has to have the higher ceiling if he's got a potential to get 20 targets. So, yeah, Cooper Cup at 6,900, I think he's he's in a great spot this week. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, it's 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 actually very difficult for me to choose between Cup and Diggs, and so I'm probably gonna have to run out lineups with each of them respectively. But um, Cup at that price, especially against the Seahawks, I mean, he could be 7,500. I'd still probably play him. Yeah, I do think it's a nice price. And another guy who I think is a little underpriced this week is going to be uh, my boy Terry McLaurin, 6,800, going up against the Detroit Lions, who been noted as one of the three uh, worst defenses in the NFL by his standards. They are very bad. Look, last time Terry was in the dome, he put up 28 DraftKings points. 
Now he gets this Lions defense. The targets have been consistently there for Terry all year. Uh, the Also, one more important thing to note here is the Lions, their pass rush is 23rd in adjusted sack rate. We know the football team is a very bad offensive line, so anytime they get a matchup versus a team that does not have a good pass rush, that bodes very well for their, this passing game. Alex Smith should have time to target Terry. I think Terry gets in the end zone here, and I think it's another big week for uh, Terry back in the dome here. Yeah, I think I'm probably fading. I think it's just a little too expensive. I mean, I, Terry McLaurin was $1,000 cheaper a couple of weeks ago, and I just, I don't know. I like some of the other wide receivers here, but but I mean, it's Terry McLaurin. He could always break the slate. I'm not. I'm certainly not mad at the at the call. Yeah, that's good. How do you feel about uh, Juju this week? You've been in on him pretty often this year. I have been in on him pretty often. Um, I think that this game is going to be not very close. And I think that the, yeah, I mean, there's a there's a narrative that the Steelers tend to play down to their competition and that, that could certainly um, come to fruition again. But I think Juju is just a better real life receiver than he is fantasy. He's so tough and he hangs in on tough catches and fights for those three extra yards. And when you see him play, you go, wow, that's a really elite receiver. And then you look at his line and it's, seven catches for 72 yards and no touchdown. And I, I don't know. I'm probably fading again. I, 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 there are, I promise you there are wide receivers I like, and they're not just the, the expensive ones, but Juju is fine. And at this price, he's, he, he's certainly playable, but uh, probably not for me this week. Yeah, that's fine. Um, I actually think the Bengals can probably stay in this game. The Bengals have done a good job recently of staying in games uh, this could be a little more high scoring than people expect. So I do think Juju has a chance. The usage has been pretty good lately, but yeah, I agree with you. The upside might just not be what it was a couple of years ago. Um, a guy that I do like more than Juju, $100 cheaper, is going to be Chris Godwin at 6000 I mentioned how I do like Brady and the Bucks uh, to have a bounce back game this week. And I do kind of like the idea of sneaking Antonio Brown in the lineup if you want to get frisky, but... Uh, if you're not there for that kind of risk, Godwin is my preferred uh, passing game target for the Buccaneers this week. The Panthers defense is 21st against the pass. Godwin is healthy. He has no injury designation for what feels like the first time in a while. I think this might finally be Godwin's breakout week and uh, the Buccaneers offense I think is pretty sneaky this week. Yeah, totally agree. I, I, I like Godwin more than Juju and I like Godwin as this sort of mid-tier value play probably the most. Um, the, the only guy that I think is close to him is $400 less. And that's going to be Brandon cooks. Again, if you haven't caught on to the pattern yet, this is a pro Brandon cooks podcast. Um, he only had three catches last week and he had a long touchdown to save it, but he did still have nine targets. So he's, he's being treated like, like the wide receiver one in this offense. And he's priced like the wide receiver two Cause Will Fuller is like a full thousand dollars more. And the, you know that the Texans are going to be throwing the football. So I, I worry about the Texans offense in general in this game because Aaron's right. It's going to be windy. And also the Browns have a good pass rush with Miles Garrett and they like to induce turnovers, which makes it a pretty bad matchup for the Texans. But it's the Texans are going to throw the ball. Deshaun Watson is going to improvise and find somebody in the end zone. So, you know, either he, him or Fuller is always going to break loose and score a touchdown. And I just like the pricing and he's safe. I mean, he's now put up 15 points in his last four healthy weeks. So I, I, I definitely like Brandon Cooks. Yeah, I like it a little bit. I don't love it as much as you do this week. I, man, if you only catch 33% of your targets against the Jaguars, uh, something went a little bit wrong there because you should be catching more than 33% of your targets against a, a secondary like Jacksonville's rolling out right now. Uh, and the Browns are certainly an upgrade over that. But 
Uh, you know, he has been getting there lately, so who's to say he can't get there yet again? Uh, another guy who is in a different price range, he's only 4900 this week, is going to be Curtis Samuel. Look, it, uh, it pains me to recommend Curtis Samuel because I was all in on DJ Moore this year, and look, that just flat out has not worked out for me this year. Um, the Panthers have, however, worked really hard to force the ball to Curtis Samuel, and it makes sense if you watch the Panthers play because Curtis Samuel has just turned into a really solid and explosive football player. He's put up 17-plus DK points in three straight games. I think it's going to go overlooked just because there are so many different weapons in that passing attack. But uh, he also gets carries sometimes, and especially when Christian McCaffrey's out. It's a tough matchup, which is another reason I think he could go overlooked. But, I mean, they just get him the ball in such creative ways. The matchup might not matter as much. And that offense just kind of does a good job of moving the ball in general. So, yeah, I'm going to be back in on Curtis Samuel this week at $4,900. Yeah, it's really it's really interesting. I was I was pretty in on Tariq Cohen to begin the year because I like the gadget guys in in offenses that sort of make them work. And if Curtis Samuel's name was just Tariq Cohen, I'd probably be recommending him every week. Or you know, because he's priced like Tariq Cohen would be, he basically plays the same role and he's and he's producing. So I definitely like Curtis Samuel as a call. Um, my my sort of cheap wide receiver for this week is going to be Jalen Rager for forty two hundred. Um, I think he just has a chance to get a lot of volume in this in this game, while Travis Fulgham is probably going to be shadowed by James Bradbury, who is the Giants' only good defensive player. So uh, Rager could definitely – it could definitely be the Rager breakout week. Um, you know, I expected Deshaun Jackson to sort of perform the Rager role when he was healthy, but Deshaun Jackson broke. Um, now that Rager's back, I expect him to be Wentz's deep threat, and uh, it's definitely a good tournament play in my opinion. Yeah, it's definitely a it's definitely a good tournament spot. We did see the Eagles offense, you know. The Eagles offense has just been shaky all year, but they are getting healthier. They've got some of their weapons back, so you can't just lock in on certain guys. So yeah, if Fulgham is going to be getting most of the Bradbury coverage, Rager is definitely in a good spot to hit a couple deep balls because when Rager has been healthy, they have been taking deep shots to him pretty consistently. So if he can come up with one and two of those, that could be a big tournament play that you need to uh, vault at the leaderboards. But uh Yes, yeah, so those are some of the cheap wide receivers we like. We already gave you some cheap running backs. We've got the high price plays. Ben, what are we doing at tight end this week, man? Uh, it worked out for us last week. We were pretty in on TJ Hawkinson, and he came through for us. Uh, should we just go back to the well here, you think? Yeah, so the, the football team is not very good against the tight end, uh, and we've we've documented this fairly well. They're, they're, a, they're a good defense that does not cover tight ends well, so if you're going to be paying up for a tight end, I definitely like TJ Hawkinson. I think I even like him more than like Darren Waller, which is something that I rarely say, but this is one of the weeks where I think it's true. So Hawkinson is $5,100, and I think he's a good value this week. Yeah, I agree. He's my favorite tight end on the board this week, regardless of price. Uh, Galladay is out yet again, and we saw last week when Galladay was out, that did in fact lead to more targets for Hawkinson like we thought it would. He's uh, he's put up 13 DK points three straight weeks, which is very good for a tight end position that has been pretty rough this year. So I also like Hawkinson this week. Another guy that I'm going to roll out is going to be Evan Ingram. Uh, he has slowly worked his way back into being solid after being very inconsistent there at the beginning of the year. They've been forcing the ball to him a little bit more. Their offense in general has just started to look a little better. Um, he's just been pretty involved lately, and the Eagles are 29th this year in fantasy points allowed, two tight ends. I think they're going to continue to try to get the ball to Ingram here. He's got a pretty good chance to score a touchdown, I think. And uh, the Giants offense has just been somewhat decent lately. So, yeah, I'm, I'm in on Evan Ingram, 4500 It's a decent price. I wish he was a little cheaper, sure, but – you can't get too picky at tight end. You just got to try to, you know, eke out double digit points however you can. 
Yeah, uh, I, I recommended Ingram last week, and uh, I think this is also a decent week. I, I, I think I won't be playing Ingram this week because I will be playing a lot of Austin Hooper at 3,900. Um, Austin Hooper is healthy again. This is going to be his first week back. In his week in in his games before, before his injury, he put up 10 or more fantasy points in, in the last three weeks. So I think he's just a really safe cash play against a Texans defense that just has no coverage ability. And this Browns offense really needs a weapon to replace Odell Beckham Jr. And Hooper is like the safety valve. So Jarvis Landry can go do other things. Plus, Austin Hooper shouldn't really have to block that much because the Texans now have a very pedestrian pass rush. So I definitely expect 10 or more points. And I think there's even some ceiling. So I think he's a good cash play. And uh, I'm not I'm not opposed to throwing him out in a tournament or two either in the in the tight end spot. Yeah, I do like the Austin Hooper call, especially it's going to be really windy. Uh, so there is a chance that that plays a role. They might be looking at the tight end over the middle of the field pretty often. And with that, uh, I'm going to move on to our stack segment. Uh, the chalky stack that I like the best this week, the the one that I think you should be going to in your cash games and might be worth forcing into your tournament despite the ownership, I think it's going to be the Arizona Cardinals I'm in on Kyler Murray. I'm in on Chase Edmonds if Drake is out. And if I'm paying up for a wide receiver, I'm a little more in on Hopkins than Ben is, even though I do like some of the other options more that are a little cheaper. So I, do, I don't even hate a Christian Kirk call. He's hit a couple of deep balls lately. So that's going to be my chalky stack. And then my low on stack, I think, is going to be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm hoping they're a little sneaky. I'm in on Brady this week. I'm in on Godwin. Uh, I even think Antonio Brown can be a little frisky. I think he's got some touchdown upside. I don't hate Gronk, even though I don't think the floor is there necessarily. So that's going to be my uh, sneaky stack of the week. Ben, you've got some you've got some stacks for me here. Yeah, as far as chalky stack goes, I'm I'm just going to go with the Rams. I I I think it's a good call against the Seattle secondary, and you know, Goff and the two wide receivers, and even Tyler Higby are all priced to where you could fit it into your lineup and still have. Um, some solid players outside of it and if you wanted to to stack the game even you could probably probably snag the other Seattle or or, I'm sorry one of the other you know Seattle players for your for your flex slot but um, so that's probably my my chalky stack as far as the uh, the the pivot stack goes it's I I said it before I'm going to say it again I think it's the Broncos Um, they put up a lot of garbage time points last week I think maybe they can just do it earlier on in the game this week and end up putting up putting up more points against Dave seriously I mean an atrocious defense um, in in all capacities and so uh, I expect Drew Locke to Jerry Judy I I expect that to you know function this week and then one of Philip Lindsay or Melvin Gordon should probably have a good week as well yeah uh, I do think the Broncos can be pretty sneaky in garbage time there and with that Let's move on to our bets segment where we each bet 500 fake dollars a week. We track it throughout the whole year. We gave the numbers at the top of the pod, five straight winning weeks. We don't love the board this week. In fact, we normally have four or five picks each. This week, we each only have three picks, which means they are more high dollar because we are still spending our normal $500 allotment. And uh, yeah, the board is kind of tricky this week. So Ben, what is your, uh, what's your first play you got here? Yeah, so my my first play is going to be a two-team teaser. It's going to be the Ravens tease down to minus one against New England and the Buccaneers uh, that, you know, minus six turns into a a Buccaneers money line against the Panthers. So this is only two legs here, and I think this is a fairly safe bet. Um, The Ravens are better than the Patriots in every conceivable way, and the teams are, like, even weirdly similarly constructed on offense. The Patriots pass more out of the backfield. That's basically the only difference. Um 
the Ravens offense looked good enough against an elite Colts defense that I think I'm bought into the Ravens again. And I think that, you know, Bucks Panthers should definitely be a good game, but the Buccaneers are have more have more weapons and have a much better defense than the Panthers. And so I think the, the Buccaneers money line should definitely turn it out. Uh, these are both fairly heavy favorites, so I'm not saying anything super controversial super controversial here. Because it's a parlay, I'm gonna be betting $150 to win $125. Yeah, I do like that teaser there for you. I was looking at the exact same one for a while. I just got scared off a little bit of the Buccaneers and not even really because of the Buccaneers side of it, which is weird to say after they just got beat by 800 points uh, in prime time. I'm more just scared of the Panthers side just because I, I just respect the offense. I respect the head coach. I respect all the weapons they have, even though they don't have Christian McCaffrey this week. So at the end of the day, I do think this is a winner for you. I do expect the Buccaneers to win this game, but that is the only reason I personally shied away from doing that exact teaser. And uh, my first bet of the week, I am very much going to agree with you, though, on the other half of that. I'm just going to take the Ravens straight up minus seven this week at the Patriots. Look, the Ravens' defense is fifth in defensive DVOA. And uh, shockingly, the Patriots' defense been 31st in DVOA. They have just turned into a horrible defense with all of the opt-outs and the injuries and just the inexperience they have this year. I don't think the Patriots will be able to move the ball at all in this Ravens defense. We know the Patriots have to run the ball to set up the play action and just to score points in general, and I just don't think they can run the ball on this Ravens front seven. While I don't love the Ravens offense this year, the Pats team, they did almost lose to the Jets. They made Flacco look almost like a good quarterback, and uh, I just think this is a double-digit win for the Ravens here in primetime, so I have no issue taking the Ravens minus seven. I'm going to bet $140 to win 122. Yeah, I think everybody is is down on the Ravens because they only scored 24 points last week, but the Colts defense is not even in the same ballpark as the Patriots defense. The Patriots defense is legitimately bad, and the Colts defense is fairly elite. So um, I, I was eyeing the over pretty heavily on that game as well because I think that the Ravens are going to score more than they did against the Colts but I I, I couldn't pull the trigger because I really do just think that the Patriots will not be able to score on that Ravens defense so um, I, I totally agree with you there um, my next bet is I'm, I'm going to go ahead and go to my big bet of the week it's going to be a two-team parlay this time not a teaser just straight up I'm going to take the Saints and Browns money lines I'm going to be betting $300 to win two, 248 again these are both Fairly heavy favorites. Uh, the Saints are favored by 10 points and the Browns by four on the spread. So I already went over why I think the Browns, or actually, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I didn't actually do that. So I, the Browns, I think, are are the worst matchup for the Texans that they faced in a while because they have a pass rush and they uh, force turnovers. So um, I, I expect the Browns to win this game and the Saints are just even a safer pick than the Browns are. The 49ers, Garoppolo's out. Um their top two running backs are out They're They're just decimated by injuries and, and the saints finally got Michael Thomas back. So Alvin Kamara doesn't just have to run into a 49ers brick wall of a defensive line all game anymore. They can actually use their weapons. So um, saints Browns money line. I think it's a fairly safe uh, dare. I even say can't lose parlay. Oh, I, I would not give it the can't lose label. I do think it is somewhat safe. Um, I I do like the Browns in that game if you had a gun to my head, but anytime there's 30-mile-an-hour wins involved and there's Baker Mayfield on the side of it, I'm just not going to be completely all-in. But luckily, you know we know the Browns' run game is pretty lethal, and we know the Texans just can't really stop the run. So the Browns should be able to just run the ball down their throat, and if they can, they should win. 
So I'll agree with you there, but yeah, I'm not going to be shocked if the Texans are uh, kind of pulling out of nowhere there. My next bet is going to be the Washington barely professional football team plus four at the Detroit Lions this week. This is minus 110 right now. I'm going to bet $110 to win 100 on the football team, getting four points here on the road. Look, the Washington defensive line is number one in adjusted sack rate against the Lions offensive line that is 21st, which means I think the Washington pass rush is going to be in Matthew Stafford's face all week. Stafford has looked pretty bad under pressure this year. He's been taking a lot of sacks. He's been getting a little flustered. Kenny Galladay, you know, his, his main guy is going to be out yet again. I do think the Washington defense can hold their own this week. And then uh, on the other side of the ball, I talked about my love for Terry McLaurin. I do think the Washington offensive line, it is very bad. But luckily, the Lions don't have much of a pass rush to get there. Alex Smith will have time to get the ball down the field to Terry. I think Gibson and McKissick are good enough out of the backfield. I actually think Washington probably wins this game. So uh, I'm going to take them getting four. So I really like getting the field goal there. I'm going to bet 110 to win 100 on the football team plus four. Yeah, I, I like that call. I don't trust Alex Smith enough to do it myself, but um, you're you're really more so betting against the Detroit Lions defense, which is always a good place to be. So, um, also, what's going on with Matt Stafford? What is, what is even happening with that? He's been on the COVID list like every single Tuesday for like the past month. I uh, yeah, this game as of right now is off the board right now at Bavada, but the Action Network has it at minus four. I've seen it on the board all week at minus four for Detroit. So. I'm just going to trust it's going to be at plus four. Stafford's going to be good to go because that's what happened every single week this year. But yeah, the Lions games, if they're always getting pulled on and off the board just because they they can't figure out the whole COVID situation, it seems like. Yeah, this is a it's a weird year. And and this is a little bit of a weird board, so I'm going to go ahead and put out a weird bet. Um, I got my value parlay here, and so it's going to be three legs. This is all just the bets that I think are the most likely to happen for the value, if that makes sense. So... For example, my first leg of this parlay is going to be the Bills money line at plus 120. Um, I think this game is more or less a toss up between the Bills and the Cardinals. And so I'll, I'll give me the team with the plus odds and the better defense. Uh, I'll take that any day. Um, I'm going to throw in the Browns money line because I, I still believe in that. Uh, so the Browns money line is minus 200. And then I'm going to take the Eagles spread and buy a point to make it minus three. Um I think the Eagles are the better, are just a better team than the Giants, and they're. I think they're finally going to start clicking uh, as the season goes on, as they get healthier and healthier. Um, this is more of a long shot parlay than my other two, but I don't think it's completely unrealistic, and the odds are pretty good. I'm going to be betting my last fifty dollars here to win two hundred and twenty nine. No, I don't think it's uh, unrealistic whatsoever. I I would push back a little bit on the Bills money line, even though I do also agree it's basically a toss up, but. The Cardinals defense, I, I don't think – I think the Cardinals defense might actually be just as good as the Bills defense, if not a little better. The Cardinals defense has been pretty solid in the red zone this year, but the Bills offense has been pretty good in the red zone. So I actually think that's where this game is going to be won and lost. And then I also think the Cardinals just have the better quarterback. So if you give me the team with a better quarterback, I think an equal, if not better, defense and home field advantage. I, I would probably think the Cardinals do pull that one out, but – I understand your reasoning there with getting the plus odds in a game that, you know, is almost a pick them on the line. So I do like the other legs of that parlay there for you too. My very last bet of the week is going to be a pretty heavy money line parlay bet. It's going to be the Las Vegas Raiders money line parlayed with the Baltimore Ravens money line that comes out to minus one Oh six. So I'm not laying very much money there. 
I'm going to bet my remaining $250, my big bet of the week, to win $235. Look, we both already gave all of our reasoning why we like the Ravens this week, so I'm going to back. Uh, I'm going to put my money where my mouth is there with the Ravens in primetime this week. And then the Las Vegas Raiders, they're uh, at home here against the Denver Broncos. This is uh, the Raiders versus the Broncos, a.k.a. the two most recent teams that have snatched Aaron's happiness bowl because they are the two most recent teams to absolutely destroy the Chargers in heartbreaking fashion. I just feel like when you get this Denver team out of their home stadium, out of the altitude, the defense can especially be had. I like the Raiders' offense lately. They've been very balanced. And look, Derek Carr is playing football at a pretty high level right now. I think the defense does just enough to maybe force a turnover or two against Drew Locke, who can be pretty careless sometimes. So, yeah, I'm going to go with a Ravens-Raiders parlay as my big bet of the week to uh, get me to a six-straight winning week here. You remember the year when the Raiders made the wild card and their offensive line was so elite and everybody was convinced that the Raiders were going to be this, like, new dynasty? Is that the year when, like, Connor Cook had to start because they were on, like, their yes. quarterback of the season? Yes, that year exactly, yes. Yeah, the, the typical 11 a.m. kickoff that involves the Texans and whatever random <laughs> wild card team is makes, makes the playoffs that year. It just, it just made, it's just funny to me because Derek Carr is, you know, basically meeting expectations that were placed like during that year. You know, he had a very bad year last year, but um, and nobody's talking about it. You know, Derek Carr is definitely playing good football, so I'm, I'm I'm with you on that one. Yeah, man, he looked really frisky against the Chargers last week. I mean, he was hitting some deep balls. He was hanging in the pocket with some pressure in his face. Uh, he was being pretty aggressive in the red zone. So, yeah, I really do like the Raiders this week. I don't think they're going to let me down even though the Broncos always do seem to sneak up on you when you least expect it. Yeah, I mean, I just I expect it to be a close game, but I I, I agree with you that the Raiders are, are probably going to come out on the winning end there. I just think that people assume that the Broncos have no weapons because they've been starting nameless quarterbacks and all of their wideouts have been injured all year, but, I mean, now they have their guy back and Jerry Judy is legitimately good, so I think they'll score a little bit, but... With all that being said, uh, I think all that we have left to do is uh, thank everybody for listening. Uh, make sure y'all keep an eye out for the second pod of the week that will probably go up whenever the MLB hot stove starts heating up because Aaron and I love talking about that stuff. And uh, be sure to interact with us on Twitter at Cash Landing Pod. Uh, we're getting you know some more interactions lately, and we really enjoy hearing all of you guys' wins and losses. And uh, yeah, uh, Aaron, you got anything else? Otherwise, I'm, I'm going to send us off. No, I think I'm good to go. Uh, yeah, we'll see if John Rom can come through for me at 10 to 1. And everyone that follows us on Twitter and surely uh, backed up that play there. So, yeah, uh, good luck this week with all the lineups, all the bets, and uh, let's enjoy another good weekend of football. Yep, see ya.